there's a sense that we need to grow up in the Lord. Like, we can't always stay little. So little Lisa is being born today. And um, for those of you that's got children, you remember that when a baby is born, they're absolutely helpless. Like, they, they can't even drink on their own. Like, you'd think, okay, well, they're going to be like, you know, little, little, like, little uh, lambs. You know, they're born, and they look for the mom. They actually, they get up within minutes. If they don't, you have to help them. If you don't help them to get up, they'll, they won't survive. But they go look for their mom, and they go look for milk. But as human beings, we, actually, when we get born, we're absolutely helpless without our parents. Like, a baby very often needs to be coaxed to drink for the first time. And shown and helped. And it's quite a process. It doesn't last too long, though. And then the baby starts demanding. Right? So there's a thing called demand feed. The moms will remember. Not a good idea, I think. It was, was not a good idea. Demand feed. You want to bring the child into line. Otherwise, the child will demand you to death, right? Even the baby. And it's almost, I mean, it's just a thought in my head now. It's almost something of our sinful nature that takes hold of us, even in that state. Because people go, um, you know, the Roman says that we have all sinned and fallen short. And then they say, well, surely a baby hasn't. Well, shortly after birth, they go demand feed, you know? And the parent has to bring the baby into line. And that's, that is our sinful nature showing right there. Saying like, I'm going to demand to be helped. I'm gonna want, I want what I want and I want it when I want it. And then we raise them, you know. You teach them to eat for themselves. They start feeding. First you feed them solids. And you know the process. Later on, one day when they're 21, they'll feed themselves. We can only hope. but later on they're going to in turn be parents our children scary thought but they're going to become parents they're going to get married they're going to have babies and they're going to have to raise those babies again and they in turn are going to teach babies the same things we taught them if they're clever they'll ask us youth (laughs) you'll ask your parents not just about that like you can ask now like mom dad I met a girl I needed to meet a boy what do you think before you give your hearts to the singles the same thing any singles yeah there's another youth sitting with his parents there's another single so but before you give your heart to you guys Ask your parents' advice. Like, girls, your dad knows guys. He does. He's one. Ask your dad. Hey, dad, here's a boy. I think I like him. I think I like him. You don't like him yet. I think I like him. What do you think, dad? And if your dad says, ah, then, you know, that's enough to say, okay, 
walk away. Now, dad said no. Don't even know who he is yet. Dirk, I've got you. (laughs) Not yet. But when you get there in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it's just good advice, you know, to ask those that had gone before you, what, do you, what have you learned? What have you seen? What mistakes have you made? The same thing. In life, we can, we can get information from people that has gone before us. And yes, spiritual walk doesn't work differently. It's the same. So, I do have scriptures. Uh, let's see what... 1 Peter 2, verse 2. So, well, before we go there, sorry, I'm going to go somewhere else first, Janine. Um, the people that hangs out with me knows one, one of my favorite things to say is, why are we here? You'll hear that. It's like, why are we here? And, and it sounds like a simple question. Why are we here? But very often good to define, why are we here? So why are we on earth? Why are we here? I've given my heart to the Lord. So why don't we just go to heaven when we give our heart to to the Lord? Well, God's got stuff for us to do. That's why. It would also be pretty hard to convince unsaved people to give their hearts to the Lord. That when the first thing that happens after you say, like, Lord, I give you my life. You know, there you go. That's how you die. That's how you check out and go to heaven. That'll be scary for people that are unsaved. It's like, how do you die? You say this one sentence and then you go. (laughs) You know? So maybe it's to give other people a chance to also get to heaven. That we hang around for for the unbeliever's sake. That's why we... uh, And uh, Paul wrote that. He said, it's for your sake that I hang around. So Matthew... 28 verse 19 Jesus answers the question why are we here so Jesus gave us this command he says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age that's why we're here, to do that. Okay, so Lisa, as soon as she's born, not yet, you'll let me know. Uh, watch, take, keep a watch. <laughs> Lisa, as soon as she's born, we're going to give her a Bible, and we're going to send it out to the nations. Hannes has got a great heart for the Russians. So right now, I think that's a great place to go, as Russia. Um, I mean, there's some unsaved soldiers. We need to get them. So we'll put Lisa on a plane and send her with the message to go. Good idea? Horrible idea. She might not survive the plane flight. She needs a mom. So Jesus gave his disciples a command. He says, go out and make disciples. Of all the nations. He didn't tell them that the first day he saw them. The first day he saw them, he just said, Follow me, learn from me. 
It didn't give them anything to do. He just, I think he gave, made them coffee. They went like, where are we going to get food, Jesus? So, hey, here's a couple of loaves and a fish. I'll just split it up and give it to all of you. Wow. It's amazing. And he goes, yeah, you can do that too. And all of the Gospels are filled with the story of how Jesus discipled his disciples. He taught them everything they needed to know before he gave them a command. So it's imperative, important, belangrijk, that we grow up so that we can do that. So to show you the concept, it's not just something I'm making up. So 1 Peter 2 verse 2. So Peter's writing. This is long after Jesus is gone. And he's writing a letter and he says, like newborn babies. This is, he says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you might grow up in your salvation. Crazy, huh? Thought. Grow up in your salvation. So you like... You put up your hand one day in church when somebody says, do you want to give your heart? And God moves you and you've got salvation. But Peter says, you you need to grow up in that. It's not just putting up your hand. There's something else that needs to happen. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So that moment in your life when you give your heart to the Lord, you taste for the first time that God is good. But now you need to crave spiritual milk so that you can grow up. Hebrews 5 verse 12. A little bit of a tougher one. That was the nice one for Lisa that's just being born. Come, drink. But five years from now, or ten years from now, this might be the line. In fact, though, by this time, you hear this don't, by this time, you ought to be teachers You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God, God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. This is a reprimand to a church. It says, no, 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 you know the basics. You should be grown, but you can't can't eat solid foods yet because you haven't grown. So, okay, so a baby gets born and they get milk and they grow up. And they, we can't stop the process. Doctors try. We, we call it aging. We'd love to put a pause on that. Spiritually, though, you can. You never have to grow up. We can stay babies, spiritually. Ineffective. Have to be fed all the time by somebody else. Can't feed myself. Or teenagers throw tantrums all the time. Spiritual tantrums. Isn't that, I mean, I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I'm past this. It's like, watch me throw a tantrum to God. Like, but God, I wanted that. You said God. Did, did he? Or did I hear him say it because I wanted what I wanted? Because I demand feed. But we should grow up. It is possible for us to grow up in all maturity and become mature Christians that can go there. Good news, you can go with your parents. 
So do not, please, guys, do not walk out today, after today, and go, um, okay, I think I'm about a teenager. I'm going to grow up a little bit more before I go and spread the gospel. Go. Just go. Because there's a big thing in actually going elsewhere from here and going to tell people about God. And we will make it possible for all of us to go. So on the 10th of April, we're all going to Mossel Bay. So we're not going to have church here. We're going to have church in Mossel Bay um, at Milkwood School. Everybody from the Southern Cape is going to get together. So there's a, we can go. So we take our, because we take our babies with us when we go, eh? parents, you would take your children with you. Um, so we can go. You can also go. I had a question asked me this week. Do I have a passport from the from the lead elders on the lead elders group of Justin? Do we have a passport? Is it valid? Do you have a different passport than South African? Because maybe you could get something easier. And then the next question was, uh, do you have a quick way to get to Europe or America? So my answer there was, yes, I do have a passport. Yes, it is valid. No, it's South African. Yes, I can fly with a plane. Is a quick way of getting to Europe or America. I mean, you could go by boat, but that would be longer. So willing to fly, quick way to Europe. Don't know what they wanted on that question. <laughs> but the relevance of that, guys, is I don't want to go alone. If Andrew, that leads for 12 and Josh Jen at the moment, phones me tomorrow and says, Darby, I want you to go to America in August when there's a 412 conference, then I want some of you guys to come with me. What am I going to tell the Americans all on my own? What am I going to show them? Here am I. I serve God. They could have gotten somebody from down the road that serves God in America. What do I have that they don't have? I have this congregation. And you have this congregation. To show them how God intended church to be. That is why God adds us here. So... I don't want us to be Hebrews 5, like that we get a letter sent to us saying, hey guys, no, you should have grown up by now. But we're all in different stages and in different places. What we do need is discipleship. And that's something that God has placed on my heart. So what we are going to do is Monet van een Valt has done a thing called Foundations. And he's been doing it for a couple of years in Mossel Bay. I've got all his notes. Um, he's also going to put it on video, and I'll watch that for training. And then I'm going to do Foundations with whoever wants to come. I'll invite some. But that's discipleship. That's training to grow up. That's spiritual food. How else do we grow up? So, again, Lisa's not here yet, huh? No. <laughs> so, I'm very excited. 
if I could, I would drive down to Cape Town. <laughs> I've considered that. But, uh, again, like, if Lisa only ate once a week from now on, I think she'd have some deficiencies. It's not enough. If the only spiritual food that we are getting is on a Sunday, if the only reason I read my Bible is to prepare this message for you, then I would be dysfunctional. Do I read the Bible in the week for me? Yes, I do. So I answer. So that's the great news is we can grow up spiritually quite quickly because that's growth is to actually start reading the Bible for yourself. So like a little child, they'll just eat anything, snails, stones, grass, anything. They own hand, they try and eat that. So the parent needs to sort of look after the baby and say, don't, don't, no, 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 no. You can eat the grass, that little greenish spot, but it's really green, it's green for a reason. Go eat, yeah, you know. Don't eat that stuff. Cow dung. Not a good idea. That's what we do with our little babies. So I'm going to say spiritual children as well. If I leave my kids, and they're not that young anymore, but they would probably eat all the stuff that they shouldn't eat a lot of. A lot. It'll be a lot of popcorn. Uh, Benjamin, what do you like, really? Chips. Yeah, you know, Doritos. Uh, coffee. Lots of coffee. So, as a parent, even for them, I restrict their diet a bit. And I go, no, you know what, eat this. Their mom, actually, she, she decides what we eat and then we just eat it. But she decides good things. Likewise, as spiritual children, and that's to all of us, that's to me including, we need to be careful that we don't just eat everything. That's not, this is not even in my notes. This is just like, so today we can eat anything spiritually. You know what? Dr. Google has an answer. So should I buy this house? What does God say? I promise you I'll find your website in five minutes that says God says I should buy a house. Or I should do this, or I should do that. And spiritually as well, doctrine. So let me pick something. Is there something I can pick that's not too contentious in doctrine? Uh, no, in doctrine. Um, well, Let's take something I hope we all agree on. Um, no, that's, let's not go there. <laughs> let's pick something we all agree on. Uh, did Jesus raise from the dead? Yes? All agree. Anybody doesn't agree? Say now, so we, then I can change the message. <laughs> and I will. For one person, I definitely will. I'll stop right here. But we all agree Jesus raised, was raised from the dead three days after he was put in the grave. 
I promise you, you will find somewhere on the internet where somebody convinces you that you can be a Christian and not believe that. That it was some spiritual thing that happened. There would be, I promise you, you could find it. Here's the scary thing about how it works. You read that article, you'll get five more. Similar. Sent to you. Gratis. Vaniet. You don't even have to search for those. They'll pop up on the right-hand side of Google. And then on your YouTube channel, every third video would start saying different theology things. So, watch out what we eat. Watch out what books we read. So, here's what I do. I phone Mike Davies, or I WhatsApp him. Because I trust his insight in theology, and he's a prolific reader. So, there's almost no author that he can't tell me yes, no. Not because he's read it. He'll read the bio of the person that writes it. What does this guy believe? What does he say? Mm. No, don't read his stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you, I lead a church, and I don't trust myself to read certain things. Because we all say, you know what, I'm old enough. Dad, I can eat Doritos. I'll just run it off. But you don't. It's bad for you, and you've been, it's become part of you. So watch out what you consume on the internet or in written literature that people write. Check it out. You can ask me. I'll ask Mike <laughs> for you. <laughs> and I have certain ideas by now. And, and you say, well, but you know what? This guy writes such great stuff on, on, on this topic, and I'll ignore the rest. But we all get influenced way easier than we think. You'll get, you'll get moved in, in how you see God. And I'm going to tell you, there are very few churches today that sees God rightly, that actually sticks to what the Bible says, and that is willing to say, you know what, if it doesn't say it, I'm not going to say it. And if it does say it, I'll say it, even if it kills me. I don't care what the world says. I'm going to preach what, says, what it says in the Bible. Very few churches left that's willing to do that. So, if you, if you read stuff that's... Go to 412 website. There is so much good videos and material there. Safe. It's vetted. People have listened to it and said, this stuff you can read. Quick thing is, you know that the Pentecostal church in the world used to be liberal, seen as liberal, right? Us guys jumping up and down, got a drum kit in our church, electric guitar. Fifteen years ago, people said that's ungodly. It's liberal. You should have an organ playing, maybe a piano. Forty years ago, unheard of. Right? We were seen as liberal. When I got saved, we were definitely still liberal 30 years ago. Today, Joshua Generation is a conservative church. Why? Because we hold on 
to the truths that used to be the truth in the 60s when guys wrote books then. Very few authors after 1970 you should read or listen to. Few. Bestsellers? Just stay away from them. Wordsworth, that whole section that says bestseller, how to do this, how to do that. Just how can I be more effective? How does God want to bless me? Ten steps to a better you. Don't read it. Sorry, that was a squirrel, but I think a good one. Right? Because we, in growing up, we could be unhealthy. And that'll also make you ineffective. Because how will I disciple others into health if I myself is not healthy? It's like, it's like getting a coach for, what's it that Linda does? Um, CrossFit coach. Your CrossFit coach can do CrossFit. Would you trust one that can't? How would he know? He'd go like, pick up this thing and throw it there. And you're like, it'll break, break my back if I do that. No, 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 no. You can do it. Well, you can't. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. So it's important for others' sake that we get it right so that we can disciple people into health. Because that's what it says, Hebrews 5 verse 12. It says, in fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you still. So there's a sense of, if we go back to Matthew 28, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So, do you know what iteration means? Anybody? Big English word, iteration. It's a repeat of something. Reiterate. That's to, to do the same thing again. So in computer science programming, which was my previous occupation, we call something to, we, you write a program that's it, that iterates. So... It's an incredible concept, very powerful, a little bit complicated to get right. But when you do, you write a short program to do a big thing. Because what, the, what this code would do is it will call itself. If that makes sense to you. doesn't? You get it? So I'm writing something to do something. But to do it really well, it needs to ask itself to do it again. And again, and again, and again. So... It, it, it's a small little piece of code instead of a huge long thing and it, it just asks itself the same question again and again and again. It gets the job done really well. So where did we get it? Well, from Jesus. Jesus' command is an iterative statement. There you go. Why? Because he says, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them what? To observe all that I have taught, commanded you. But it's the command. What is the command? Oh, therefore go and make disciples to of all nations. Baptizing them. Teaching them about Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have taught you. So you do that. 
and you're going to teach him. And if he listens to you, he's going to teach him. And if they listen to you, then they will teach those four. And those four, if they listen, they'll teach that eight. That eight will teach that 16. That 16 will teach, oh, we don't have the 32 left on that side. (laughs) Done. Or I could teach him, and then I teach you, and then I teach you, and then I You get that? So that's the brilliance of God's plan, of Jesus' plan, is to use you, to use me, to use all of us. But we have to grow up. We can't stay babies. And we have to grow up healthily. So how do we grow up? So Ephesians starts. And this could be a two-hour preach. (laughs) Ephesians starts, and then chapter 1 to 3. We won't put it up. Please don't. Um, Tells us all about salvation. It's a salvation story. Go read it. Do it this week. Read, read it. It starts with Paul speaking to the Ephesians. Now Ephesus, Ephesians is a great book to start. How to be a Christian. What does it mean? What has God done and what must I do? Why are we here? That's all in Ephesians. Go study it. Go read it. Read it again and again. Because first it starts with the gospel story. Now, the Ephesians were taught well because Paul lived there for two years. And he taught them for two years. So he reminds them of some stuff. He prays for them. He starts with a prayer. And that's in Ephesians 1. He tells them all about what God has done. He tells them what has happened to them that they've been added. We have been added into God's nation, into his new church and the other picture that he uses is the body and then he keeps on going with the body image and at the end of Ephesians 3 he's got a prayer for spiritual strength why well 1 to 3 is he ends it off with a prayer for the guys I'm praying for spiritual strength that you will get from according to the riches and the glory of God may strengthen you through the power of his spirit that Christ might dwell in you. That's the prayer that he's got for them. And then he goes, the next, next four starts with therefore. Now he's told us all about, one, two, three, he's told us all about what happened and why we are here and what God has done. And then he goes, cool. Now, grow up. And in Ephesians 4, he talks about, it's all about unity. And that is what a grown-up spiritual person looks like. It's Ephesians 4. And in, in, he's got some, he gives us a couple of clues. He says, well, first he starts with what is unity. And it's one baptism, one Jesus, one resurrection, one God. And it's just, he keeps on unifying unity. But here's the thing, not uniformity. So again, I love the youth because they are allergic to uniformity 
If you tell them they must all look the same, they go, noise, we'll rebel. And it's okay. Because God doesn't want you all to be the same. If he wanted you to be all the same, he would have made you all look the same. He didn't. He made us all different for a reason. Because together we can reveal the fullness of Christ. If I could do it on my own, then I would. And they wouldn't be godly. Because if I could do it on my own, I'm, I would. I, don't, I think all of us. If you could do it, then you wouldn't need anybody else. So God's actually left us helpless when we were born. Human beings. So that we still need one another. Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 16 says and we're a part of a group called Ephesians well it's called 412 but it's Ephesians 412 but it starts with what are those gifts so when Jesus left he gave us a couple of things not just two things he gave us okay let's bring it down to two he gave us the Holy Spirit that took his place and he gave us each other He gave us the church. Those are the two things he left us with. And in the church, he gave us different gifts. So he gave us apostles, still around, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. What do they do? Well, what do we do? Because some of you are prophets, some of you are teachers, some of you are apostolic. Some of you are shepherds. Well, you must have. You must be one of be one of those. So, have you thought about that? Because it says he's given this gift to men, right? So, you must be one of those, or maybe some of those. I think I can be a pastor and a teacher. Love to be an evangelist. I don't think I'm that good at that. Prophetic. I've got some prophetic from time to time. I think Lisa's going to be born today. <laughs> Just a hint. Uh, Anche, eh? uh, apostle? If I go to America, I'm apostolic. I'm not the apostle David then. I'm just apostolically given, going. It means the sent one. Okay. So why did he give us this? He gave us these gifts when he left and he says to prepare God's people us for the works of service to do the command Matthew 28 so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ it goes on Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the internet in their deceitful scheming and YouTube and instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together, that's us, the whole body, by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And that's what this was all about. 
is just that verse. If you, it says, that is what a mature Christian looks like. I don't need to just read all the books and listen to all the stories of everybody. Because I can go to the Bible and read it there. I can talk to God and get it from him. And I'm part of a body where I've been added to a church like this one. And if you're not part of this church at the moment, either join this one or another one. Make sure that it's a healthy church, but join it. Be part of it. Function in it. So that we may no longer be children tossed to to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. How do we do that? Well, unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God. They're, They're the two pillars to go to mature Christian them. It's, it's there in the previous bit. You go back, it says the gifts were given to prepare us to do good works so that the body of Christ might be built up until we reach what? Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And then we will be mature. When we can have unity in the faith and in the knowledge of Christ, we would be mature. And that's where we're going. That is where we're going. Jesus took three years to disciple his disciples into maturity. They also needed the Holy Spirit to walk with power. So it's no good I'm mature, but I don't know what I'm doing. Right? If I'm grown up, I need to learn some stuff on the way. I need to be well formed, I need to be well nourished and uh, yeah, so as we go into this year I want to encourage all of you A, to read the word for yourself start feeding yourself if you're not doing it if you are doing it do it better we can't keep on eating like we're five year olds We want to be able to take our kids to a restaurant and not be embarrassed. Right? So the same way, we need to also grow up in the way that we eat the word. Don't just page through it and read a verse. I'm not going to squirrel into how to read the word. If you don't know how to study the word, come chat to me. Come chat to Bernard to the deacons hopefully guys you know how to read the word (laughs) Dirk William John and you can ask Stephen knows how to read the word he does I know you (laughs) but yeah read the word and delve into it ponder on it read it Read whole chapters. Don't just read a verse. You know that, what's his name, that wrote the book, David Pawson. Thank you. Unlocking the Bible. He says the worst thing that happened to God's word was adding verses and numbers to it and headings. 
says this is the worst thing that ever happened to God's word because now people take little scriptures. I'm landing. But a verse came to, into my heart this week and I didn't know why. I, it, it became quite apparent later on. But it says, um, I've got to start it at the start. The, the peace of God transcends all understanding. You all know that, right? You've heard this. The peace of God transcends all understanding. It's a great statement. I've prayed it for people. May the peace of God enter your heart and it'll surpass all understanding. You know, you don't understand the bad place that you're in, but the peace of God will come. And then I went, what does that scripture say? And I I went back and I read the whole sentence because it's half a sentence. It actually says this. It says, take all of your needs, all of your desires in prayer and supplication, meaning urgently bringing it to God's feet. And then the peace of God that transcends all understanding will do what? It'll guard your heart and your mind. We do that. We just take the peace of God transcends all understanding. It's got a reason to do that. It's there to guard your heart and your mind. It is really important that we read the Bible for ourselves. And that you take that scripture that you got today. Go look in the chapter and read the whole thing. That's just pointing you to a little place in the Bible where there's a gem. Go get the whole thing. Go go read the whole chapter. And then decide what it says. But I want to invite all of you, when we do foundations, I promise you, there's something about baptism that you don't understand. Because there's something about baptism that I don't understand. If your name isn't Jesus and you're not the son of God, and if you think you are, please come see me afterwards. There is something about the fundamental truths of the gospel that we don't understand, that we together can find. So I want to invite everyone, when we do foundations, look out for it, come join us, so that we together can grow up and reach the nations. Go and do that command. And in community on Wednesdays. Join a community. If you're not in a community, there's spaces running out quickly in communities. They are really overflowing. It's amazing. There's a lot of life happening on Wednesdays.